Everyone good? Okay. Good morning, everybody. I'm happy you are here for part two of our series titled Tobit, A Divine Narrative for Hollywood and Edification. We are jumping into a story that is part of the original Christian Bible. It, you find it in the original Christian Bible in which the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church, Apostolic Churches, have this part of their Bible, and it's called the Book of Tobit. It is found in the year, the story happens in the year 720 B.C. But just as a recap, I want to recap what we talked about in part one, but I want to show the recap in two ways. First way, to show it since it is 2021, I want to show a way to recap the story is this. You do have an old man named Tobit, and his job is to bury dead people. So that's what he's doing. He's burying dead people. He's relaxing outside, and all of a sudden, bird poop jumps, uh, drops into his eyes. So he goes blind, and he starts crying, and he gives this extremely vulnerable prayer to God. He's not just, like, giving a nice churchy, superficial prayer. He's spilling out his guts emotionally and being very vulnerable to his heavenly father. That's kind of scene one. Scene two, you have in a different town, you have a woman named, a young woman named Sarah. And I, I, I sound like a jerk because I kind of laugh about it, but it is kind of weird. She gets married seven times, and on her wedding night, the guy dies. Times seven. So this happens, and she gives another vulnerable prayer from her end of just how depressed she is as far as what's happening to her life, and she doesn't know why. But then a guardian angel who, by the name of Saint Raphael, hears their prayers and goes on a mission to heal both of them. What we, cap what we captured last week in Life Group and in Part 1 at the 8 is vulnerability leads to healing. You get this in life. If you have something wrong with you biologically, medically, your vulnerability to the physician leads to healing. Your vulnerability to the physician leads to healing. Imagine you go to the doctor and you pay your copay and so forth and so on, and you sit in an appointment after waiting an hour, so forth and so on. You get there, you get in the, in the, in the, in the appointment room with the doctor, and the doctor says, uh, so tell me what's wrong. And you say, oh, you know, nothing, you know, just everything's fine. You know, thank God, thank God everything's fine. The doctor's like, why are you here? Vulnerability allows him to heal me. Vulnerability leads to healing. The more vulnerable I am with my brokenness, with my insecurities, with my anxiety, with my pain, with my hardship, the more vulnerable I am to my Heavenly Father, this is where I find healing. This is what we talked about. So this is the emoji style of the summary. This is the ancient art form of the summary, which is a prayer of showing Tobit and Sarah both praying their vulnerable prayer to their Heavenly Father. The thing that kind of stuck out even from the video and that I loved, and that was the main discussion in our life group this past week, is hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Tobit was hurt because he's blind because of that bird poop. His hurt caused tension and an argument in his marriage. A broken person brought more brokenness to his marriage. That's why the hurt within us will eventually become cancerous, will eventually become toxic, and will affect our relationships, our career, every aspect of our life. Hurt people hurt people. Part two, today. I want to ask three questions. I have zero answers for you, but I want you to just hear me out on these three questions. How do you respond to people who give you feedback or constructive criticism? How do you respond? How do you respond to people who give you feedback or constructive criticism? If you're like me, maybe you, a wall goes up. Well, they don't get it. They don't know where I'm coming from. They don't understand the full picture. 
They would do the same if they're on my shoes, so forth and so on. How do you respond subconsciously when people give you feedback or constructive criticism? Question number two. Do you have people? Do you have people in your life who can give you feedback to your life out of a genuine love for you? Do you have people in your life who are welcomed and feel welcome to give their expression, their opinion, their feedback to something about your life without, out of their genuine love, not to put you down, not to belittle you, but an authentic, genuine love for you. They desire to come to you with a vulnerable heart and say, hey, out of my love for you, I noticed this about you. I noticed this friendship is not the best for you. I notice the direction of way things are going in your life is probably not the best. Do you have people? Are people welcomed? You, I promise you, you're probably thinking about, like me, yeah, 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 I got people in my life that can tell me, yeah, I have people, but for real. Do you welcome them for them to give you feedback to your life? Or you just assume that they will, and when they do, we get defensive. Question number three. How do you respond? How do you respond when somebody does give you feedback? How do you respond? After Tobit's depressive prayer to God, which is a powerful prayer, and which we can all relate to some degree, after his vulnerable prayer, we, we pick up in chapter 4. On that day, Tobit remembered the silver he had entrusted to Gabriel of Rages of Media. Let's pause right there. So, at that point, he remembered, Tobit was like, oh, you know what? I, I, I just prayed, like, for God to take my life. I, I, I don't know if that's going to actually happen or not, but you know what? Let me just play it safe. I remember I loaned money to this guy a long time ago. He needed some money for something, so I loaned him some money in, in, in Rages, of, 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 uh, Rages of Media, which historians say that is Tehran, Iran. That's in Iran where, where this is happening. So on that day, Tobit remembered the silver he had entrusted to Gabriel at Rages of Media. So he said to himself, you know what, I requested death for myself. Why don't, I call, why don't I call my son Tobias to make this known to him before I die? He's like, okay, you know what, just in case today's my last day or things kind of go south tomorrow because after that prayer, I know I, lo I loaned some money to a guy in, in, in a different city. Let me just tell my son this. So that way, just in case I die, my son can at least get this cash that I loaned this guy because it kind of belongs to me, it belongs to my son. Like, I just want to make sure, I, let me just tell my, let me tell my son this. And then I love this this, uh, this art, this, this picture here, because you, uh, you have Tobit, the dad, calling his son, but you can kind of see Tobit's kind of blind, and then you see Anna, Tobit's wife, being, being a mom, be like, oh, what is happening here? What's happening to my son? Why is Tobit calling my son to come here? And Tobit now is calling his son to prepare him for the journey ahead. Tobit is telling his son, Tobias, listen, kid, like, th I, uh, things are kind of crappy, literally, like, in my eye. Things are not going well. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to live. Like, I, I need to tell you about this cash, and I need you to go on this journey. Uh, and, and, hey, grab a companion. You need a travel buddy because this is, this is a stressful journey ahead of you. You need somebody with you. So he grabs a, a, a guy who introduces himself as Azarius. He introduces himself as Azarius, which we find out later in, d in disguise that is St. Raphael the Archangel. And this is who Tob uh, Tobias is holding his hand as he's about to go on this journey. In typical mom fashion, Anna's there in the back, super stressed about her son leaving. So, so Tobit summoned Tobias, his son, and he said, Son, kid, if I die, bury me. Do not dis disregard your mother. Honor her all the days of your life. Do what is pleasing to her, but do not grieve her. Remember, my son, 
that she experienced many dangers for you while you were in the womb. When she dies, bury her beside me in the same grave. This, like, I, and I want you now to put on the lens of a father telling his son advice before he goes to college. Imagine now, this is lifetimeless advice. This is lifetimeless advice that, that the father is now giving his son as he's about to leave home and he's about to go on a journey. He's about to enter a new chapter of life and he's kind of giving him this farewell speech. So in dad fashion, he's saying, hey, son, come here, kid. Let me tell you a couple of things here. Your old pop wants to talk to you. So he's telling him a few things. He's like, listen, like, your mom went through a lot, man. Your mom, you your mom experienced many dangers. You know how much labor she had to go through like, when she was carrying you in the womb? Like, okay, when she dies, like, make sure that we're buried together. Like, he kind of gives us advice because he doesn't know if he's going to see his son Tobias again. So, so Toby kind of gives this, like, fatherly advice now to his young son before he goes on this journey. My son, Tobias, remember the Lord your God, our God all your days and do not desire to sin or, dis- or to disobey his commandments. Do righteousness all the days of your life and do not walk in the ways of wrongdoing for if you walk in the truth you will be successful in your works after telling him what to do Tobit, after Tobit tells his son as far as what to do once him and his mom dies he says seek the ethic of righteousness Tobias seek what is right Find what the constant bar is for the moral code for what is right. Because Tobias, hear me out. In this world, so many people are going to tell you what is truth and what is your truth and what seems right and do what's in your heart. But seek the constant scientific ethical line of what is right. Do righteousness and walk in that direction. It is super hard, but I want you to have your eyes locked in to the founder of ethics, your, your heavenly father, God, and move in that direction. Do righteousness all the days of your life and do not walk in the ways of wrongdoing. For if you walk in the truth, you will be successful in your works. Do almsgiving from your possessions to all who do righteousness. When you do almsgiving, do not let your eye be envious. Do not turn your face away from any poor man. So the face of God will not be turned away from you. Do almsgiving based on the quantity of your possessions. He's saying, what is he telling? He's like, kid, listen. We live in a consumeristic world where I do me. I do what's best for me. That we think about ourselves only. But I want you to push past that and do almsgiving. I want you to give without being envious. Don't be like, okay, fine. Here's my 5%. Here's my 10%. No, no, no. No, I want you to live a life of almsgiving. I want you to push that unconditional sacrificial love to others. I want you to give. Because whatever you have, kid, is not yours in the first place. Whatever you have, son, is not yours in the first place. So uh, whatever you have, don't hold on to it tightly. You have been entrusted something. And I want you to live a life of offering yourself, of sacrificing, of giving of yourself. Don't fall into that trap of me, me, me. Fight that. Fight that. If you possess only a few, he's like, only if you you got a few bucks, you only only got a few possessions, do not be afraid to give according to the little you have. He's saying, don't fall into the trap of justification. Like, well, you know, since I'm, you know, I'm a a young guy in college, I don't got that much. Don't don't fall into justifying yourself. That it's okay not to give because I only have a little. Don't fall into that trap. If you possess only a few, do not be afraid to give according to the little you have. 
you are storing up for your, a good treasure for yourself in the day of necessity. T T Tobit, the, the dad, is telling his son, listen, you're casting a vision for your life here, kid. Like, you're setting yourself up for a, a, a treasure in heaven. Like, this is, our, this is our mission here. It's not about, like, don't lose sight of the end goal. If you possess only a few, do not be afraid to give according to the little you have. You are storing a good treasure for yourself in a day of necessity. For almsgiving delivers us from death and prevents us from entering into the darkness. Let me pause and let me go off on a very slight tangent here. That last verse. Do almsgiving, for almsgiving delivers us from death and prevents us from entering into the darkness. Many of the Reformed Christian traditions will point this verse out and say, that's exactly why the book of Tobit is not in the New King James Version. This is exactly why we did not want to publish this book in the Bible. Because if you take this verse, it looks as if we're saying, oh, so your ticket to heaven is just to give. It's all about works as far as what you do. We can fall into the trap. I've said this before. We can fall into the trap. If I want to believe something, if, I, if, if, if you, you tell me, believe anything you want, I promise you I can find a verse for you. To back up what you want to believe. If you want to, you want to back up, you want to say, you want to uh, cheat on your spouse, I can find a verse that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. I can back you up by any verse you want. You want to cheat, you want to, you want to smoke, you want to whatever, I can find a verse to justify what you want to do. In the first century church, in the pre-denominational church, not the reformed church, with all respect, in the, in, in the pre-denominational church, we look at the totality and collective holistic view of Christianity. So we cannot take one verse and go to town with that one verse. But, but Tobit is telling his son Tobias very clearly, for almsgiving delivers us from death and prevents us from entering into darkness. We don't just say time out, oh, this is bad because like, it's only by works that this, that delivers us from darkness. No. But if I live a life of giving, of almsgiving, this builds in me the virtue of offering of myself, of living a sacrificial life. This is why I love to tell single people, you're not, once you get married, all of a sudden you're going to live a sacrificial life and give of yourself to your spouse. It doesn't work like that. It's not a button you press, all of a sudden you're going to be loving, all of a sudden you're going to be, no. Are you doing that now? Are you living a sacrificial life now? Do you give of yourself now? I promise you, it's not like, oh, once I get that uh, promotion, once I get the job, then I'll give, then I'll offer, then I'll do more. It doesn't work like that. It's the, are you building the muscle now? Are you building that muscle now? For almsgiving delivers us from death and prevents us from entering into the darkness. Indeed, indeed, Tobias, almsgiving is a good gift for all who do it before the Most High. My son, guard yourself from all fornication. Guard yourself from all fornication. My son, your beautiful and fragile and delicate drive of sexuality within you is a gift from God. But do not fall into the trap of expressing yourself sexually outside of its original divine design. My son, guard yourself from all fornication from anything that goes against the original divine design of the beauty of sex. Guard yourself against that. Move in the direction to prevent yourself from falling into that trap. My son, guard yourself from all fornication. This is why I feel it's a father telling his son before he leaves home. 
as if he's going to college. My son, guard yourself from all fornication. And above all, take a wife from among the seed of your fathers. Do not take a foreign woman who is not from the tribe of your father. For we are sons of the prophets, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and our fathers from, from of old. Time out. Are we saying that you should not marry a foreign woman? Like we shouldn't marry someone foreign? Absolutely not. Let me clarify what this means. When people come and say, I met this wonderful guy. We, have, we get along so well. We, we have a lot in common. We both love the same restaurant. We both love, the same, we, we both love watching the same thing. Okay, my question to you is, is that, is that the bedrock of your, of your relationship? Is it, is it that you both like the same show on Netflix? You both, both like to work out? Is, is, that the, is that the foundation of your relationship? Like what, 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 what defines, what, what, what fuses you together? That both of you guys have good chemistry, whatever that means, that you both are nice people. I, I, I don't know. What, what does that mean? You're both good people. Everyone's a good person. So what, what's the backdrop? So he's saying, don't just fall into the trap of you meet someone nice. Make sure that both of your, both of your identity, your purpose, your structure, the, who you are, is that you are founded and rooted in God and that you pursue a life with Jesus, that you make life decisions based on him. So when I see people that are saying, yes, my, my, my foundation is living a life with Jesus, but I've met a really nice guy. I have nothing against the guy, but ask yourself, what, what, what's, what, what connects you two together? Is it just because both of you guys are nice, both of you guys are cute? What, 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 what connects the two of you? So Tobit is telling his son Tobias, don't just go for a foreign woman just because she's nice and cute and you guys get along and you, go, you guys both work together. Uh, that, all that's fine. All that's great. But the questions that need to be brought up immediately, what connects us? What, what's the foundation of us? So he's not saying something like don't marry a foreign woman. He's like don't fall into the trap of falling for someone who might have a foreign ideology and then say that we'll, we'll work it out. We, we'll, we'll, we'll look past that. Determine what's important to you. Like I tell people who are single, if important to you, what's important to you is that you love to bowl every Tuesday, then I say, okay, if that's important to you, then you make sure that's clear on date number one, that you will never change. What, if it's clear to you, what's important to you is that you desire to take your, your struggles, your, your brokenness, and find healing and wholeness in Jesus. If that's important to you, then you make that clear on date number one. But if it's, on the, on, if it's, if it's secondary, tertiary, it's on the side, then I, okay, that's fine. I have to respect that. But you have to determine what's a priority. What's driving this relationship? Because if it's just your, she's a good person, he's a good guy, every person's a good person. <laughs> Everyone's a good person. Do not take a foreign woman who is, not, who is not from the tribe of your father. Moving on. Remember, my son, that all these took wives from among their brothers and were blessed in their children. Their seed will inherit the land. So now, my son, love your brothers and do not be arrogant. Do not be cocky in your heart against your brothers, the sons and daughters of your people. Again, he's talking to a man in his 20s, which it's easy to fall into the trap of, I know what I'm doing. Nobody else gets me. You know, I'm living the high life. He's like, don't, don't, don't fall into that trap of being so full of yourself. Don't fall into that trap. I promise you it's going to lead to a dead end. Do not be arrogant. Take a wife for yourself from them. For arrogance, arrogance brings destruction. And great, and great disorder. And in such worthlessness, there is loss and great defect. For worthlessness is the mother of famine. Again, this is heavy stuff. I want to read it again. Take away from yourself from them. For arrogance brings destruction and great disorder. 
and in such worthlessness there is loss and great defect, for worthlessness is the mother of famine. Arrogance. This is the virtue, the opposite of arrogance is humility. This is why in the first century church, we make a big push for humility. For me to acknowledge that I do desire God's mercy, that I'm in need of it, that I say that I am weak. The, the language of these prayers that exist in our first century church is, is pivotal in order for us to fight arrogance. Because, it, I mean, think about this. I mean, if you look at the first two humans on planet Earth, it was their arrogance that led to, it, uh, to, to, to for them to slip. Ah, uh, come on. I mean, God, I mean, this, this tree is just like the other tree. What's the big deal? Their arrogance. Said, what's the big deal? I mean, I'm not, I'm not harming anybody. What's the big problem? Their arrogance led to destruction. It's our arrogance that leads us to not be receptive to advice, and we end up drifting away. Toby, continue. You guys with me? Everyone good? Hands up. Everyone good? Thumbs up? We're good? Okay. I know it's a lot of heavy scripture, but I, I, this is almost like a Bible study format. Next part. Do not keep overnight the wages of any man who works for you, but pay him immediately. If you serve God, God will pay you. Give heed to yourself, my son, and all your works, and be disciplined in all your conduct. What you yourself hate, don't do it to anyone. What you yourself hate, don't do that to anyone. Like, I, I, I love this. He's like, if you owe somebody money, don't be like, oh, I'll pay him back later. Maybe hopefully he'll forget. He's like, no, if you borrow money from somebody, or you, let's just pay him back immediately, okay? Don't, don't, don't try, don't try to, 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 to smooch around it. Don't, don't, don't do that. But pay him immediately. If you serve God, God will pay you. Give heed to yourself, my son. In all your works, be disciplined. Be structured. Be wise with your, with your time management. Be structured. Don't be passive about things. But, but be, structure yourself. Step up as a man. And don't just be passive about things. Do not drink wine. Do not drink wine. Listen, boy. Do not drink wine unto a state of drunkenness. And do not let drunkenness become your traveling companion. You're probably thinking, okay, that doesn't apply to me. Like, I don't drink and drive or whatever. That's not, like, traveling companion. What is Tobit saying? Because if you're looking historically, to travel was extremely stressful. Like, it was a risky business. This is why Tobit's talking as if, like, Tobias is going to die. So he's saying, this is risky stuff. He's saying, okay, I want, do not drink to the point that it paralyzes you, that, that it numbs you. Do not drink to the state of drunkenness. And do not let drunkenness become your traveling companion. Because traveling is stressful. So he's saying, okay, when you are stressed, when you are anxious, when you have a rough day, do not let your outlet be alcohol. Again, when you are stressed and you're trying to relieve that stress and you, that anxiety is so much, do not let the outlet be alcohol. Do not let that be the, the, the go-to. Do not let that be your travel companion to ease the stress and pain of traveling. He's saying, okay, I don't want you to drink, drink until you get drunk. No, don't overabuse it like that. You need to cre create boundaries for yourself. If that means you put it away altogether and don't touch it, then so be it. But do not, do not let it become your crutch. Do not let it be your go-to thing. Do not let it be every social guy. I remember this in college. Like, I always question, why, like, why does alcohol always have to be the central thing for us to hang out? Like, why? Like, I mean, we can have a great time. We can be dumb. We can be silly. We can go hang out. It doesn't have to center around alcohol. I don't understand. So, so Tobit is saying the same thing. Don't let that be your travel companion. Don't let it be the centerpiece. Like, we can have a good time without shots. We can have a good time without going to the bar. Like, don't let that be the centerpiece of who you are. Don't let that be the centerpiece of your outlet. If you have more than you need, do almsgiving. 
And do not let your eye envy the almsgiving when you do it. Spread out your bread on the grave of the righteous, but do not give it to sinners. I love this part. Seek counsel from every sensible man. Seek counsel from every sensible man. He didn't say seek counsel. He said seek counsel from every sensible man. Like I told you, if you, want to, if you're on a, if you have an agenda, you want to do something in, in this world, but you want to remove any guilt or regret from doing it, you just want to do it. You can find counsel from the right person that can justify saying, you know what, you have every right to do. You have every right never to talk to this person again. You have every right to, 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 to do X, Y, and Z. You can find counsel from someone who will give you confirmation to what you want. In other words, this is called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. If I want to believe that Democrats are the worst, if I want to believe Republicans are the worst, you can find the news outlet to confirm what you want. You can find the, 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 the website, the, the news agency that, that, that confirms what you want. Confirmation bias. So if you want to believe something, I promise you, you can find someone to, that can counsel you to tell you what you're doing is right. You can find the therapist, you can find the counselor. And I know people that jump to different counselors until they hear the answer they want. Come on, this is not just a, a four-year-old going to mommy and mommy says no and then you go to daddy. This is not just for kids. We do this as humans all the time. We do this as adults all the time. Toba tells Tobias, seek counsel from, a, from every sensible man. And do not treat any useful advice with content. At every opportunity, bless the Lord God. At every, every opportunity, bless the Lord God. But more than that, ask that your ways may become straight and that all your paths and purposes may prosper. What is Tobit saying? Yes, bless God. Good. Yes, we worship you, O Christ, with your good Father and the Holy Spirit. Yes, good. But more than that, pray, seek, lean toward asking God that our ways may be straight that I may seek counsel from sensible men, that I move in the direction of pursuing the ethic of righteousness. For not every nation has, has understanding, but the Lord himself gives all that is good, and as he desires, he humbles whomever he will. Now, my son, Tobias, let none of my commandments be removed from your heart. Now let me point out to you the ten talents of silver I entrusted to Gabriel, the son of, 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 of Gabrius, and Rages of Media. Do not fear, my son, that we have become poor, for you are very rich if you fear God. Stay away from every sin and do what is pleasing before him. So Tobias listens to his dad and says, thank you, dad. Okay, great, fabulous, I got it. Don't get drunk. Don't be, uh, you know, don't be having sex outside of marriage. I need, I need to find a good spouse. I get it. Okay, thanks, Dad. Peace. I'm going to go get the cash now. Uh, you know, I'm about to hit the road now with my friend Azarius, who is San Rafael, but I don't know that yet. I'm about to go on this trip. Got you. See you, Dad. See you, Mom. And I want to read now something to you. I'm going to fill in the gaps of now of the story. So his son, Tobias, prepared the, the things for his journey. Then his father said to him, it says, said to, to, to go with this man. I want you to go with Azarius. I want you to go with this man. Now may the God who dwells in heaven prosper your journey. <clears throat> may this angel journey with you. They both departed, and the young man's dog went with them. So now on this journey is Tobias, uh, St. Raphael in disguise, and their dog. And I was wondering, why? Why is the dog mentioned? So if you look at ancient faith commentary, do you know what the ancient faith commentary said about the dog going on on the journey? I'm not kidding. If you look in the Orthodox Study Bible, it says this. Church fathers and scholars are perplexed on why the dog is mentioned of going with them on the journey. 
In other words, the church has no idea why the dog is going with them on the journey, but that's their meditation. <laughs> I'm just imagining the church fathers be like, okay, the dog went with them. There's no commentary meditation to why the dog went with them. But anyway, moving forward. But Anna, Anna, Tobias's mother, wept and said to Tobit, why have you sent our son away? For he is not the staff of our hands when he goes in and out before us. Do not attain silver upon silver, but may it be dirt compared to our son. For as he was given to us to live by the Lord, this is sufficient for our existence. So Anna is being a mom, like, Tobit, don't worry about the money. It's okay. What's silver to us? What's precious to us is our son. Do not send our son. It's okay. We need him. Please, we're getting old. Don't send our son to go get the money. So so Anna's kind of being this overly protective mom. So Tobit said to his wife, Anna, my sister, do not be concerned. He shall return in good health, and your eyes will see him. For a good angel will go with him, and his journey will be prosperous. He will return in good health. So she ceased weeping. So now the, the husband put the mom at ease, saying, it's okay, he'll be back, don't worry. They'll be fine. So they go on this journey. They're going on this journey. Tobit gives the blessing to Tobias and says, all right, go in peace. Enjoy this journey. Uh, Azarius, San Rafael, make sure you keep a good eye on, on Tobit. So they go on this journey. And as they go on this journey, they decide to stop by a, a body of water to get, some, to, to get some water. And there's this massive fish that just begins, like, chewing uh, Tobias's leg. And what is St. Raphael, who's in disguise? He, he, uh, Tobias doesn't know that's, that's an archangel. So he said, so, so Azarius, the angel, tells him, hey, kill, kill, kill that fish before he eats your leg. Kill the fish, and then I want you to take out parts of the fish, take out certain organs. We're going to need that for the journey. Kind of weird, I know, but go along with me. So, so, to, uh, so Tobias does that. He says, okay, sure. So he slices up the fish. He takes the parts that, that the angel tells him to take. He takes it, and they continue on this journey. Moving forward. We all good so far? All right. So far, so good. They are continuing on this journey. As they came to Rages, they came now to the place where they're about to get money, the angel said to the young man, brother, we will spend the night with Ragul. He is your relative, and with him is his only child, a daughter named Sarah. (laughs) Okay, moving forward. I will speak for her that she might be given to you as a wife because her inheritance belongs to you, for you alone are from from her people. The girl is beautiful, and she is sensible. I love what the angel's telling. He's like, hey, listen, come on. Let's stop. We need, we need, uh, we need, a, we need a crash for the night. But let's stop at Ragul. He's, he's kind of related to you. And, he, and, and get this. He, ha- he, has, he, has, he has a girl. He has a daughter. Her name is Sarah. Come on, come on. Get this. Not only is she beautiful, but, but think about this. She's beautiful and she's sensible. Like, I love how the angel's saying, listen, like, she's not just beauty and that's it. No, no, she's smart, too. She's sensible. Like, this is rare for, for, for to have. We could get them both. Not only is she sensible, but she's also beautiful. Come on. This is, this is, you're getting two for the price of one. Come on, uh, Tobias, let's go in. So the angel actually tells Tobi- Tobias, I find that kind of funny, but it's okay if you don't. But I find it, it's Christian humor. Anyway, so he tells him, it's okay. Like, th- come on, we, let's give, let's go inside and say, but what is Tobias, Tobias? So the angel tells him about the story about Sarah how she had seven fiancés, and they all die on their wedding night. So what does Tobias say? Uh-uh. I'm not going in there. I'm going to sleep outside. I'll go, I'll, I'd rather the fish eat me alive than to go inside there. You kidding me? You want me to go inside, and you want me to try to date this girl and get married? You want me to be the eighth guy, Dad? If you enter the bridal chamber, 
So this is the angel telling him, okay, listen, okay, I get it, I get it. Tobias, I know you're stressed, I get it. I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, is there a chance you might die? Yeah, okay, but this is what we're gonna do, okay? This, here's the game plan. I'm with you, I'm with you. I got, you got this, Tobias. This is what you're gonna do. When you go in, if, if everything is working out and you guys date and everything is good, in, 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 your, in, your, in, in your wedding bed, after the reception, this is what I want you to do. If you enter the bridal chamber, you will take with you ashes of incense and lay some of it on the heart and, and liver of the fish. Remember the fish that we killed, Tobias? I want you to take that fish. Then you will make smoke, and the demon will smell it and flee and never return. When you approach her, both of you will rise up and cry out to the merciful God. He will save you and be merciful. Do not fear for yourself, Tobias, for she has been prepared for you from of old. You will save her, and she will go with you. I believe that you will have children by her. As Tobias heard these words, he loved her, and his soul was very much united to her. Tobias wasn't going in to dating Sarah and asking, I wonder if this relationship will make me happy. I wonder if this relationship will complete me. No, he said, you know what? I'm taking counsel from a sensible man. And I'm going to go move forward. I'm going to take this step of, of faith. I'm going to take this leap into the unknown and dating her. And he fell in love with her. He loved her. And his soul was very much united to her. We approach marriage sometimes asking the question, will this make me happy? Instead of the question, will this make me holy? Huge difference. If the agenda is asking, will this relationship make me happy? There's enough studies that show how that will, could dissolve. Or not even dissolve, it could just end up being a roommate situation. Because I'm viewing it as, like, I'm just here to see if I'm going to be happy. As opposed to, will this edify me? Will this sacrament of matrimony make me holy as opposed to just make me happy? After this, Ragul called his wife Edna, which is a fabulous name. I love her. Her name is Edna. Ragul called his wife Edna and said to her, Sister, prepare the other room and lead her into it. She did as he said and led her there. So now Ragul, the, 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 the man of the house, he's saying, hey, pumpkin, Edna, wife, can you want to go ahead and prepare the wedding room? Like things are, things are going great between Sarah and, and Tobias. Thank God. Come on. This is it. This might be it. This, come on. We've had seven, not, we've had bad luck seven times, but I think this is it. Come on, Edna, get the room prepared. Then Sarah wept. But Edna understood the tears of her daughter and said to her, be courageous, my child. May the Lord of heaven and earth give you grace instead of the sorrow of yours. Be courageous, my daughter. Sarah, being stressed, understandably. They get married. They go, they finish the reception. They go upstairs into the bridal chamber to consummate the marriage. And as they are getting ready to, for the two to become one, this is where we'll pick up next week. Let's stand up and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, I love this passage of what Tobit tells his son Tobias. And I pray for myself that I don't look at it as a Bible study. I don't look at it as just something for us to talk about at the eight. But this is life. This is timeless wisdom. 
for us to live by, regardless of where we are in life, regardless of even where we stand with who God is to us. There is timeless wisdom and experience of, of this life advice for us to live by. Lord, I pray that all of us can shatter the, the, this, this, this wall of pride, of arrogance, that, that, that makes us defensive when someone guides us or when someone wants to give us advice out of their authentic love for us. But Lord, I pray that we can stop giving excuses or justify our actions, but we come to you and say, Lord, manage my life as you deemed fit. Lord, I desire to seek counsel because I am limited and I cannot see everything from my perspective. Let I desire the insight and perspective and wisdom from someone looking outside into my life. Lord, I pray that this is a reality for myself and for our entire church family, for us to seek counsel from those around us, because we are not designed to walk through this world alone, but to seek companionship, to invest in relationships, to invest in mentors, to guide us through every step that we have in this temporal world. Through the prayers of Archangel Raphael and all your saints, Lord, hear us as we all pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, guys. We'll find out next week what happens when Tobias and Sarah get married.